0: Hello and welcome to Hermity Surrender. This is Therese Picola. Well, I know it's been a while and uh, I've missed you. I've missed doing my podcast. It's been a hectic, hectic month or so. Um, Just a lot of different things going on at home. Nothing bad, um, but enough to keep me busy and away from some of this. And um, yeah, I have a little bit to talk about with that too. And I want to, it's I'm going to do a little bit of a different podcast today, um, so I'm happy that you're here with me. Um, I would like to preface this by saying I'm actually traveling, so if there's some background static or noise, I'm doing the best I can with this, and I just feel like the Lord is calling me um, to record this today, so we are going to make it work, and hopefully there'll be no interruptions or um, noisy background. So, with that being said, um, let's go ahead and start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, united with your mystical body, the Church, and in union with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we gather to praise, adore, and glorify you. Before time, you existed co-eternal with the Father and the Holy Spirit, Through you all things were created, the seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, principalities, archangels, and angels. The cosmos and all it contains was created by the Father through you and in the Holy Spirit. Nothing would exist without you and nothing remains in being without you. You alone have dominion over every created thing. To you then, our Lord and Master, we raise our voices in prayer and supplication, Watch over us and keep us safe in your care. By your power over all things, render deaf, dumb, blind, and utterly impotent any and all evil spirits who would seek to harm us. By the power of your most precious blood, purify and sanctify us, this podcast and all who hear it. Grant that the words, thoughts, ideas, and movements of our hearts shared in this program may glorify you, the one true God, and help us grow in virtue and holiness. Heavenly Father, your boundless, relentless love for us is made manifest in the incarnation of Jesus, your Son. Through him, you have expiated our sins and claimed us as your own. Please hear and grant our prayers offered to you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, um, I've had this on my heart for quite some time and I think I've been avoiding it. Um, so I'm going to point out a weakness and talk about it and then talk about why I think it's important. Um, I, you know, our identity is in Christ and, and as much as we love the Lord and want to serve him and try to, direct all of what we do, um, towards him, it's inevitable that, um, our human frailties sometimes get in the way. And I think I had, I think I took too personally something that someone said to me, um, and it kind of, um, interfered with that, that foundation, um, that security in the Lord, that identity in Christ, um, you know, I'm still weak. I'm still growing. I'm still journeying. I'm still healing. Um, these things aren't, you know, there's no perfection here. It's not like I'm going to achieve um, spiritual perfection. Um, none of us are. So, um, so when um, that happened, I initially kind of retreated. And some people might have noticed it. I, I kind of retreated back, even from social media, and I haven't done a podcast. And I needed to take some time to just go back to the Lord and take away some of the distractions and some of the hurt and um, realize that I'm not in control of any of this. And uh, and I need to depend on Him. And if this is what He's calling me to do, that I have to trust that even when even when people make me feel bad or disagree with me or think i'm crazy or think i'm untruthful or whatever it may be that those are little persecutions that i'm taking for him and i'm united with him on his cross and those little persecutions are nothing in comparison so um so i needed some time to kind of recollect and uh and build that foundation again and um and admit here that I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm prideful sometimes, and I'm, you know, looking for um, validation and confirmation in people, and and that's not. I can't look to the wrong place for that, and none of us should. We should always look to the Lord um, to see who we really are. Um, and so, um, that being said, I wanted to share something because it really has kept coming up and then a conversation with someone I had today who I met for the first time yesterday um just a fine gentleman that I I'm actually disappointed that I I probably won't ever see again um uh someone someone in my workplace and uh and he just um had a demeanor about him that really um I don't know something about it stirred me to kind of get myself out of this hole and and put myself back into the podcast, and uh, we were talking about Poland, and um, (laughs) anyone who knows me knows how much I love Poland, Um, so, and it got me thinking how that was the conduit, because um, I've been wanting to talk about Divine Mercy um, a little bit more specific than I have before, and um, part of the reason I haven't spoken about it is because that was what kind of, started my decline was something someone said to me about it. And, and, um, so I was, I don't know, I think I was a little afraid to talk about something that actually brings me a lot of joy. So, um, so yeah, so I'm thankful to this person and I don't know, maybe one day if he ever listens to this, he might know that, that it's him. That was the, uh, the person who brought this back for me. So, um, and I'm thankful for that little, uh, you know, God sends us those people at just the right time. So so anyway, um I've spoken about this before and uh and I wanted to go into a little bit more detail and um I um I never really knew a whole lot about Divine Mercy and I'd never really followed any of it. I we've said the chaplet um in the past and um the novena, but um I that that was really all that I knew about it and not that I wasn't interested in it but it just didn't spark any um feeling of devotion or anything and of course during the time um prior to my liberation a lot of things didn't spark devotion so that's that's not surprising but during the time of my um sessions um it was difficult to say the rosary already um often, and, I, and I've spoken about this, so, so I'll just kind of briefly say again, um, when I would try to say the rosary, a lot of times I was choked um, to the point where I almost couldn't speak at all, and or I would um, uncontrollably gag or sob. Um, it was hard sometimes to recite it, but it wasn't that long before I was able to do it more consistently. However, um, the chaplet, we would usually say, um, we would pray it right before, after Mass and right before a session. And um, it was very difficult for me. Um, What would happen is they would want me to try to say a decade of it, but I would end up crying or choking or just there would be some kind of um, distraction that would happen that would keep me from being able to, to do so. Um, I, there would be so much um, anxiety and stress, and um, I could feel it in my chest. It would like tighten my chest to almost where I felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, so I really wasn't able to do it, and it was very frustrating to me because um, I wanted to be able to pray it. Um, I could listen to other people pray it, but I couldn't do it myself. And that really was consistent through a lot of the time that I was going through sessions. Um, during the time I was in um, going through sessions, my husband um, decided to book a trip for us to go to Poland. We had no idea um, what was going to happen if I would be liberated or not, um, but he just said, "We're going to do this." and so we did and um it just so happened that the week after i was liberated we went to poland so um which was amazing and really crazy if i think about it because i mean god in all his goodness like it was like he knew i needed to take this trip and it just all fell into place and you couldn't have planned it better you know um so when we went to Poland um I have a lot of connections to to the Polish saints and they were very active during my time of possession and um came to my aid many times during sessions um so I'm very grateful and I and I just deeply love um the Polish and um there's probably a piece of me inside that wishes I was Polish but <laughs> I'm like an honorary Polish person I guess I love my Polish priests and I'm just I'm I'm just I'm in awe of the Polish people and, and the difficulties that they've overcome, um, and their faithfulness, and, um, it's just something that really touches me deeply, so, um, so Poland was, even though I'm Italian, Poland was, was really, um, my heart was there, so, um, we went, and, um, the first day, we got to go visit, um, Blessed Year's who's very close to my heart and um that's a story for another time but um and I was just sobbing I was just so um to just walk on the same ground where he was and and experience his spirit kind of of in in everything that he did um for Poland and it was it was beautiful but um throughout the trip it was um there was just so many moments of of God um speaking to me and responding um, to my prayers. And um, I remember, I know this is about to find mercy, but a but little side note, um, when we went to see Our Lady Chestahova, um, I remember walking in there for evening prayer and one of the priests um, happened to be there too, which I didn't realize that he was next to me because what happened was I went in and I just dropped to the floor on my knees and um sobbed um uncontrollably for i don't even know how long i i was on my knees for for a long time they were they were um doing evening prayer and singing and it, it was beautiful but it was like i couldn't get up i was just so consumed um in that moment of just releasing all of this um stress and um just gratefulness for for where i was and and god's mercy and love for me that i was here i am in these places and and all of a sudden i uh i felt a little like kind of tap and i and i looked down and under like kind of under my eyes like there was a a, a tissue <laughs> and um uh, the priest next to me had handed me a tissue so i guess he heard me sobbing and um my brother in christ i love him dearly and uh he's we've stayed friends but um it was it, it was comforting to know that there was someone there to kind of come to the rescue um but the trip was was kind of like that it was moments of of just joy and moments of just emotion and um um gratefulness and but it was um there was also something um empty in me that I, I i don't know how to explain it um like a longing that was kind of um there that wasn't being fulfilled and i think part of that was i was coming out of this like such a traumatic situation and i needed to re like i you know i emptied myself i emptied out all that like nastiness um, but i needed to start filling up my heart with goodness and it wasn't you know i wasn't giving myself time really it was like you know we're talking about like such a short amount of time but i was like my expectations were higher you know like hey i should feel great i should be you know jumping for joy and walking on air <laughs> and you know it doesn't work that way um so it ended up that that same night that we were in um we sat with our tour guides and I don't know my husband just felt compelled to tell him some of my story just through some circumstances some conversation we were having and it was something one of them needed to actually hear um something that touched them and 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 uh and it was the first time we had spoken um outside of a couple of very very close friends of mine um about what had happened and it it was kind of a relief in a way to like be like okay i'm i'm saying this out loud this actually happened but it was also like guarded cuz it was like i don't really know i don't really want to just expose myself you know um it, it's it's a it's a a strange kind of uncomfortable position to be in because you don't want to be ashamed and you don't want to be um look at yourself i'm very happy in Grateful for where I am, and I want to people to realize that they don't have to be um stuck in this um evil, but you also don't want to just run around telling everybody like of this kind of crazy sounding thing that's happened to you. So so anyway, fast forward and we had gone to some different places and I can't remember. I don't have my journal with me, otherwise I'd I'd recall my journal, but we were leaving um somewhere and headed to the, um, we were headed to the Divine Mercy um, um, Shrine, and I hadn't really journaled on the trip very much because it was hard to, it was, I was very distracted, but I do remember writing in my journal, um, just begging the Lord, like, I just want to feel joy, I just I want to feel you, I just want to feel your arms around me, and a hug, and just some joy in my heart, and, um, I, I was just lacking it, I felt, like, dull still, and, um, so as I was finishing writing, we were arriving at, at the shrine, and we got there, and, um, of course, typical, I <laughs> had to go to the bathroom, you <laughs> know, I feel like, I feel like all the ladies always have to go to the bathroom every time we stop the bus, but, um, um, came out of the bathroom and we were walking around and doing some things and we realized it was getting close to the, the three o'clock hour so we started heading up to the the large church that they have there which um, is very different from the uh, from the other from the original church but um, one of my tour guides came running over to me she's like there you are you know come on we want you to say a a decade decade of the divine mercy and I'm like well you know. Panic, you know. My husband just pushes me. Says, "Go, you have to go." So they shuffle me back behind, um, you know the the altar. There's a couple other, um, people there. One of the other Americans, that was with us, and then two Polish women and the priest, the Polish priest, and um, she, my tour guide, said you're going to say the fourth, um, you know the fourth um. Uh, decade of it. So um. Now, panic sets in. (laughs) And I'm thinking, I couldn't say the Divine Mercy Chaplet for so long. And now you want me to say it in front of hundreds of people? Like, are you crazy? And so, what they did was they brought us, the four of us, out on the altar and we sat on the side. And there's this huge crucifix. And the priest at three o'clock comes out and he kneels. So, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to start. Well, he probably spent about 10 to 15 minutes doing all the intentions. It lasted a long time. It felt like it was about an hour. I don't even know how long it was, but it it, it was a long time because <laughs> we were kneeling. They were wood kneelers. I was pouring sweat because I was so nervous. And here I am encouraging the other American there. I'm like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And inside I'm dying. I, I literally am just thinking how am I going to do this so I didn't dare look at all the people because I thought that's the last thing I need to do and anyone who knows me knows I'm I'm very social I'm very comfortable in front of people but um all of a sudden it was like it was like you know here's the you know uh I'm thinking what do I imagine do I and what are you supposed to imagine like the crowd is all in their underwear or what? what's supposed to make us you know and, and I'm panicking so anyway so um we start so first, it's the American, and she did great. I'm giving her the thumbs up from down at the, the end of the kneeler, and, and then they pass... It's a, it's a microphone, so they pass the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. It was the Polish woman first, then the American. No, I'm getting that wrong. It was the American, then the Polish. I'm sorry. American-Polish. Um. Then the third um decade was sung in Polish, which was really beautiful. But after the second woman finished, she hands me the microphone. So now I'm holding the microphone, but I'm not supposed to use it until the fourth d- decade comes along. So I'm trembling with the microphone, trying to keep it still while the the choir or whatever it was, I can't even remember, was singing. And I'm just in my head, keep going over it. Don't forget the words. Don't forget the words. Don't forget the words. You can do this. And I just, it was my turn and I put the microphone to my face, and I felt myself crack the first couple words, and then it was like, it just rolled off my tongue, and I don't even remember saying it. I, I really don't remember. Um, it just, it was like the Holy Spirit, and it just came out, and my husband afterwards said it came out fine. He said it was perfect, you, you know, and you didn't sound nervous, and, and... I it was we finished and we kind of broke off him and I um I wanted to go look at some things and um he went to go look at some other things so I went over by the old church I wanted to see inside there was mass going on but I was looking I wanted to see um the altar and everything and it just was I was kind of floating I I didn't know why cuz I didn't really think about what had just happened more that it was like, wow, like that was amazing. And then people started talking because <laughs> you know how people get, you know, um, why did she get to say the the mystery or the um, the um, decade of the chaplet? How come she got called up? What, why were you chosen? And I was just like, I don't know. I, it, you know, and um, so it was kind of weird you know and I didn't know what to say to that so I went to bed that evening and I had this really interesting experience we were laying in bed and my husband said do you feel that and I said yes and he's like what is that I said it's my heart my heart was beating so hard that the whole bed was beating I I can't explain it I don't know why um but he thought it was, every time we've had the experience of the bed shaking or moving, it's been because of something bad. Um, and it was my heart that was beating. It was like beating out of my chest. My my chest cavity felt like it was extended. Um, and I was just crying. I Not sadness. I was just crying. I was like overwhelmed. And I somehow, anyway, I fell asleep. So I got up the next morning. And... Um, you know, <laughs> of all places, I'm in the shower and, uh, um, I hear God interiorly say to me, um, cause I was like, I, I just said, you know, I'm so, you know, I was so thankful for that, I'm thanking him for that opportunity to allow me to be able to say the chaplet. And he said, now I want you to do something for me. And as soon as he said it, I knew exactly what he was saying and I said no, I I don't think I could do that. <laughs> so it was kind of this like little conversation that went back and forth. Like um, I'm not going to force you, but I I gave you this, um, you know, I gave you this grace and and gift to bring you some joy, um, which is what you asked for, and I just want you to do something in return for me. And um, I said, well, only if it works out. <laughs> Here I am. Like, I don't tell my husband. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I know, I know what I'm supposed to do. He he plant he he placed it on my heart what he wanted me to do. So I we go to breakfast and the priest, not not the one that handed me the Kleenex, but 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 the other priest that was on our tour came over and uh he's we're talking to him for a second and I don't tell my husband anything and I said I have to ask you a question. Do you think it would be okay if um while we're on the bus I share a little bit of my story? And he knew a little bit of my story, but really not much. And he said, "Well, you're, you know, you're not on my bus, you're on the other bus. So ask the tour, you know, you need to ask the tour guide if that's okay." He goes, "But I don't want to make it a big thing. I don't want people to start coming up and sharing all their stories." And I said, "No, no, I it's I said, I really feel like God is calling me to do this. It's, I'm would, I, I'm not even sure what, what I'm supposed to do, but it would be very short, whatever. So anyway, whatever exact words, I don't remember. But um, he walks away, and my husband's staring at me. What are you talking about? Like, we can't do that. Like, So all of a sudden, he had panic. And I said, it's fine. It's going to be fine. And in my heart, I knew it was going to be fine. But in my brain, I was like, well, someone's going to say no. So we're, we're going to get out of this anyway, so don't worry about it. So he was a little like nervous, but I was like, it's fine. It's fine. So now we're getting ready to leave. And here's my tour guide standing. And I said, Hey, I got to ask you a question. I I already talked to father so-and-so and and he said, but, you know, talk to you. And, um, you know, here's the thing. I, I think, um, God's really wanting me to share, share my story and, and what, you know, why, um, the chaplet was so significant. And, and he said, yes, of course. I want you to, cause he knew my story. So I thought, darn it. But <laughs> then he said, but you need to go ask the other priest who's on the bus and make sure that he's okay with it. So I thought, okay, three strikes, you're out. Maybe, you know, um, one more person asked, maybe he'll say no. And now I'm starting to get nervous. Cause I know in my heart, he's not going to say no. So he's standing outside the bus and I go over and I said, father, I just wanted to ask you something. I already asked father and I already asked tour guide and But, you know, I think God is um, wanting me to share my story and he said, yes, I want to hear it too. Now, he had heard a little bit of it already also, but um, (laughs) so I said, okay. And then I just got on the bus and we were in the back of the bus and um, my husband's panicking. I mean, panicking. And I said, it's going to be fine and um so we always get on the bus and we pray um you know as soon as we get on the bus and I have no warning he doesn't tell me when it's going to happen but I know the bus ride's only about 20-25 minutes and all of a sudden he says my name at the end of the prayer he says my name he says can you come to the front of the bus and I was like oh crud <laughs> so, <laughs> grab my rosaries and held him tight in my hand, walked up. And now, of course, everyone's like, what's going on? What is she doing? Why is she going to the front of the bus? And I'm like, oh no, this is is not going to be good. So I get to the front of the bus and I sit down. I'm in the first seat facing straight out the window. My tour guide is like kind of standing below me. The priest is across from me. He hands me the mic and he's just smiling at me. And I just said a little prayer, and I said, um, I want to share something with you, because some of you have wondered why I was um, asked to say the chaplet yesterday, and I said, um, let me tell you a little bit about what has, what has occurred um, in my life, and how merciful our Lord is, and um, why the divine mercy is so important to me. And literally... I couldn't even tell you the rest because it was like the Holy Spirit took over and spoke. I I I truly don't remember what I said. Um, I didn't go. I know I didn't go into details. I didn't, you know, talk about the exorcisms and all that. I mostly talked about the like some of the trauma in my life and how it led me to open the door to evil and my abortion and the occult and and just some different things some key things that would create, um, this situation and, but how merciful our Lord is and how he has saved me. And sorry, that's like, it's like still powerful. I think for me to, to think about this, but, um, how he saved me and how he wants to save each one of us. And he's so merciful and loving and he is just, but he, he, is just because he loves us and um so the message was of mercy and um i i finished and then i thought oh my gosh i have to walk back to the back of the bus <laughs> so i got up and as i'm walking um people are just like touching me and thanking me and i'm so sorry or you know just kind of like acknowledging me, but I, I kind of just went straight to the back of the bus because I really didn't know what to do. So I get to the back of the bus. My husband was, you know, he was so happy and he said, you did great. And um, so now we pull into where we're going to be and we get off the bus. And of course, where's the first place to stop? is the bathroom because everyone always has to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> we are in line at the bathroom and now people start talking. Oh, you know, I you know, you were talking about this and, and this happened to me. And did you, um, I could understand this part of your story. Do you know I had an abortion? Um, my daughter is, um, involved with the occult and just this unloading of suffering. And, uh, it was like, it was like, I was just absorbing it all and just felt so, um, I felt so grateful um, and humbled that people would share that with me, um, that the Lord would allow me to hear these things and and realize that um, he's so much greater, you know? And even one small little person like me could help be what connects someone back to him just through hearing um, something that they can relate to. So when I came back over, and i know i've shared this before on on i think on maybe on one of the um other podcasts i've been on but i i came out from the bathroom and i see the priest my my kleenex friend <laughs> he um he sees me and uh you know he was on the bus the whole time and i i walked up to him and he just gives me this huge hug and it's like just um it's not him is the best way I can describe it. It was this hug that enveloped me like it was just coming from something much stronger. And But then being my typical human self, like he's hugging me for a while and now I feel like people are are like, why is he hugging her? And so I was, because the other bus has no idea what happened. Like we are on two buses and the other bus has no clue what has just transpired. And so I kind of let him, let go and um and later actually fast forward I was telling my my therapist about this when I got back from Poland and I said and he hugged me and and she's crying and she said that was Jesus hugging you and I said if I knew it was Jesus I would have let him keep hugging me (laughs) so it was just realizing but the realization that it all connected because in my journal I had asked Jesus to just I just needed a hug and he delivered it and here I was worried about everybody else that I wasn't I wasn't like consuming it from him. You know, I was, I I did momentarily, but, um, it was a lesson for me to just close the world out in those moments. It's not important what other people are saying and doing to, to just embrace what it is in that moment. And it was, it's stuck with me ever since. And, um, but anyways, so fast forward, um, my husband and I were talking later and he said, some of the men were coming up to him and, and asking him questions and sharing that they were struggling with pornography or had in their past. Or so it turned out to be this, um, very cleansing moment for, for all of us who were there. And it was such a gift. And, um, so something that was very traumatic and, and horrible and evil, God used it for something so good. And, um, and i guess that's how divine mercy works right um when i think back to why it was so difficult for me to say um the chaplet is because i the reason it took me so long to be liberated was because i couldn't forgive myself i didn't believe that god had mercy on me i i believed i was being punished And so if I were to only accept his mercy, his love, his forgiveness, I, I, I wouldn't have been bound for so long. Right. So, um, so it took time to learn that and, and had I, maybe had I been liberated sooner, I wouldn't have really learned it. So, um, yeah, so I, so it, it's very meaningful to me. I Again, I don't, and it's still to this day, I'm not really attached to the whole story, to even to St. Fausti, Faustina, which is, is, you know, beautiful in itself, but I don't really have, it's not really connected to that as much as it is to his merciful heart, his sacred heart, his loving heart, his, you know, um, and how profound that is. And um for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world have mercy on us his passion was mercy um his suffering was mercy the cross is mercy it's love it's it's joy you know and um so that's that's really ultimately to to me that's the message that's that's his divine mercy and so i'm i'm fortunate i'm i'm grateful that i was able to receive it in this way that he gave me this gift that he allowed me to return return something back um to him and i will just say that those stories coming out of that the the um the magnitude of that suffering stayed with me for a while not in not in a bad way but really i burned in my heart for a while the suffering of others and um it was just a small he allowed a small glimpse of what that suffering is like for him and i thought i could not imagine t- taking even any more than this on just those that little bit that i took on through those people who shared those horrible stories, some of them, of the suffering they endured. And I thought, my goodness, Christ did this for every single person. I just can't imagine. So um, it makes it harder um, for me to do something to offend him, to hurt him, when I, when I think back to how much he has suffered for me and for all of us. So, um, So yeah, I just wanted to to share that, I wanted to encourage you to you know seek out forgiveness and mercy in his mercy um in your lives where it's lacking, and um open your heart to that and re- and also to realize when we empty ourselves of all the sinfulness of the evil that we store in our hearts that black in our hearts that make him so thick and tarry and and heavy once we empty that out we need to fill it we need to fill it with goodness we need to fill it with him and um and that's an important part of healing is to to do that so in any way you know small or big that you've been broken and through sin and suffering um fill the cup back up right fill your heart with with jesus in his mercy and his goodness and um and that definitely helps us move in the direction of of healing and um spiritual goodness so with that being said, um I'm really happy I got this opportunity to share with you and um hopefully I'll be back again soon. I have a lot of like I said a lot of movement in my life right now and all good things and little by little um I'll I'll share more but but also I just want to in, in that in sharing that story I also want to say the the gravity of pilgrimage in is is I never really understood it until I experienced it. And now mine was obviously a very specific thing because of my story, but just in general, that seeking of um Christ through pilgrimage was profound. And um and so yeah, it's it's definitely something I would do again. I if you have the means to do it, I would say consider it. It doesn't have to be anything major. I mean, people do pilgrimages in all kinds of ways, you know, through locally and internationally and who knows with the way the world is like what you can and can't do at this point but but yeah just just be a pilgrim be a pilgrim live a pilgrim life seek the lord seek seek that that faith and that growth in in your faith and um we should all be taking those uh taking that journey taking the narrow path so until next time uh, i just want to finish with a, a prayer in the name of the father and the son the holy spirit amen